Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by FanDuel. Promo code 4 for 4. You can get new users a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Just have to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Enter our promo code 4 for 4. Take advantage. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined here, as always, by my friends. Gone around. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. We're going to uh, draft today at Kettle Strings with... Uh, you know, we probably get to see Evan Silva there, hopefully. Uh, he's hosting the draft, so I'd expect he'd actually show up. Um, we got maybe Amr Gaber, you know, um, a few other people here. I think Eli Hershkovich, the college basketball, you know, legend, and Steve Boyden should be there. So it should be, should be a good time. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, if you happen to be, let's say if you're listening live by, by chance, uh, Wednesday evening we will be in the uh, Chicago suburbs, Oak Park area, Kettle Strings for uh, – shenanigans fantasy football drafts hanging out with other like-minded degenerates in the uh, fantasy football and betting space and we would love to have you if you haven't seen you can actually check out go to evan's twitter account uh evan silva he's got the details there probably a little hard for you to get into a draft at this point but you can do what i'm going to do uh just kind of mingle and uh and hang out should be a, a good time hey is in the barn as far as our preseason prep here around the uh, divisional previews we are now just a few weeks really what we are 15 days out connor from actual live football on our televisions actual games to bet on actual prop i mean i know that there are people in the preseason streets doing props and you know betting sides and totals god bless you no judgment here um not necessarily a place that i think that i have an edge so i you know kind of stay away from that but uh, we're heavy in the futures market we're getting down on props and we wanted to kind of talk about some things that are out there in the futures market, props aside, that we think are still um, out there for folks to, to jump in on. We've got a lot of great stuff out there on the sites. You can actually follow along with all the bets that we have on our bet tracker on site. Obviously, the best way to get and maximize the lines that we have, we have a great instance of this today where um, you know Connor made a, a prop bet and moments later, that bet was gone. Uh, by the time, if you're waiting for the bet tracker, you're kind of SOL. You need to really be in the Discord, get that in the moment, and that's the best way to do so um betting sub is basically our premium package at 444 gets you literally everything on the site we will be doing the two shows in season as we did last year we will be doing a thursday game breakdown um with john daigle as we've been doing here in the preseason and we'll be doing something on the prop side as we did last season on fridays more news on that to come in the coming days and we are very excited to share that but we will be doing a prop show on friday afternoons Again, following along live on that is the best way, Connor, for anyone to, to jump in and hopefully uh, get those lines before they get steamed. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I think that this year, uh, you know, kind of last year we were releasing them simultaneously. This year I plan on putting a link in our Discord to the show and just releasing them live on air um, for those people to get a hold of them because those started moving pretty quick too. And if it's anything how our draft props and how our offseason props are going, I mean – those things are moving quick. I mean, we're getting a little more steam. We got a little more people in the Discord, and so that's good. We're getting some more respect uh, from the books, and uh, I think it's it's warranted by our record. But you know, it's important to stay on top of it and get the best line. It's true. Yeah, so this is the best way to do so. Again, there are lots of other ways to get the betting sub for cheaper. If you don't have access to um, BetMGM, perhaps uh, you can click in the betting tab on Four for Four. Go over to resources. There's a link that says free betting sub. Uh, lots of different ways to get the betting sum. If you are looking to get in, you've been hearing all about best ball. You want to finally get over on underdog. Um, there's a ways to get into underdog, 
to maximize your discount at 444 and you can upgrade your package to get the betting sub. We have a lot of tools that are going to be betting sub specific as well, which I think would be advantageous if you are a season long player, if you're a DFS player. Those tools, though, are premium and we're really excited about them, but they are kind of packaged in the, the betting sub. So um, something we want to talk about today, too, is you can go over and use our player prop finder. Uh, and search for literally anything you want. You can actually use it for multiple sports. You want to get down on Rory McIlroy this week at the Tour Championship. You can type in Rory McIlroy and find every market available for Rory. Um, you could do that for any football team. You could do that for any player if you want to find what's available for him in the prop market. Highly suggest doing that. And with that, we are using today to talk about futures that we can get down on. So we're going to each share four, four for four, because we're loyal to the brand and that's what we do uh and connor i will let you uh get started buddy oh you're letting me tee it off huh yeah. okay um so this is one that I, I actually have two long shots here that i really like uh the first one is nick sirianni coach of the year uh 20 to 1 on fanduel the best odds that i was able to find so kind of like going looking at this award specifically this award is kind of about exceeding expectations and getting to a certain point so Coach has to exceed expectations and the team pretty much has to win 10 games. In the past 20 years, every coach to win this award has won 10 or more games outside of uh, the Bruce Arians interim season where he went like nine and three, but he only had half the season or whatever, three quarters of the season. So you have to not only be good, but you have to win a lot of games. Um, and we're looking at the Eagles specifically here from the roster standpoint, I think the Eagles have one of the best off seasons of any team. They have a top pass blocking offensive line. They have they added key pieces to their defense with Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean. They signed James Bradbury. Obviously, the trade for AJ Brown is massive. Um, like really on paper, I think that they are the best team in the division. And so if we consider that and think that they win the division, they're probably winning 10 to 11 games. So that puts them squarely in the mix to or Nick Siri squarely squarely in the mix to win this award, I think, because the expectation right now is that they're second in the division, you know, maybe third. Can Jalen Hurts take the next step forward? That's like the whole media you know, narrative. If they end up doing better than that, uh, I think that Sirianni is in a great position to win this. And rather than just betting Eagles to win the division, I think that this is a great bet in tandem with that to kind of like capitalize on that upside. I think it's a great look because like you said, I mean, they, I think there were questions still around Jalen Hurts, right? We can argue about that all day, um, but they did everything to support him both on, on both sides of the ball this off season. I think the defense is going to be markedly better. You know, Hassan Reddick is a massive upgrade. Upgrade James Bradbury in the secondary is a tremendous upgrade. Nice draft, adding some defensive uh, pieces there too, with Jordan Davis, um, Nicobe Dean. Like, and then obviously going ahead and making that trade. You have all these assets, and I know we've all been talking about how they're just kind of stockpiling them that they could take a shot eventually at a quarterback in the draft. But like, they used one this year to get AJ Brown, and now AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. That's a nice tandem there. So. Whether you think that Nick Sirianni is a donkey or not, it doesn't matter. Connor's right. Like, Coach of the Year is about exceeding expectations, even though the expectations, I think, are higher coming in this year than they were last year. Still, like, if this team wins the division and they get, you know, maybe they get they tease that number one spot in the conference, which they can do because we know the NFC is weaker, as you said. Like, it's a pretty good look. It's a good number. Um, that's still out there now at 20, you said? Yeah, still a 20 right now at uh, FanDuel and BetMGM. But, uh, you know, Kevin O'Brien here from the chat asked, you know, not all of us have access to every book. How low would you bet this? Uh, I'd probably do 15 to 1. Uh, I mean, you should certainly comfortably find that. Again, this is still a re really volatile award, um, but that's probably the lowest I would take this uh, because, you know, obviously it's a, it's a large field market. So there's going to be other people competing. And it's not like he's the clear cut guy, but, you know, in the 15 to 20 to 1 range, I think that there's plenty of value. 
Um, I am going to go with a, uh, a bet that I like quite a bit, and I think the price is really nice. I'm going to take the Vikings to make the playoffs. Uh, minus 105 on Caesars. That's out there. Um, different prices, but again, kind of within the 105, minus 110 range. I think that there are, again, a lot of reasons to be encouraged here. We talked about this a lot in the division previews. Again, Mike Zimmer gone. Kevin O'Connell coming in from the Rams. And I think to some degree we have to apply what we refer to as the, the you know transitive property of coaching. Basically, as far as like, hey, this is the scheme that this guy has been attached to for years. We should expect him to generate some similarities in his new his new team, right? So a lot of three receiver sets for the Rams. They had 87% of the time last year. The Vikings did so just 42% of the time. It's actually one of the lowest in the league. Um, it actually led to a lot of predictability on offense and a lot of um, – Stuff boxes, a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of operating room for Dalvin Cook to work. The offensive line has questions. I think that they've upgraded that a little bit over the years, especially at the tackle position. I think it'd be a little bit better. And now you get into a spot where you can utilize Justin Jefferson in a way similar to what the Rams did with Cooper Cup. And I think the ceiling for that is massive. We should be really excited about that. And I think a lot of folks are. Um, because I just think it's less predictable. So if you're going to see more three receiver sets, you're going to find him moving around in the slot out wide to take advantage of matchups. I think the ceiling there is really exciting. We have Adam Thielen back and healthy. KJ Osborne benefits from more, three, more three receiver sets. And then it looks like Irv Smith is going to be okay as well, dealing with that thumb injury in the offseason. On the defensive side, Ed Donatel has been a part of some really nice defensive coordinator jobs in the past. He's been with the Broncos of late. They're going to shift back to a base 3-4. And then they added Zadarius Smith from the Packers. Daniel Hunter will be back. That's a really nice duo on the edge. And I think a lot of the elite teams in the league have that, especially this year. There's a lot of edge duos that are tough. The secondary has been an issue, but Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth in the draft, I think, are uh, helped to kind of add some talent there. So, again, I think that they're competitive with the Packers to win the division. But, again, just at minus 105 to make the playoffs, knowing that the NFC is, is definitely an easier path than the AFC, I like the Vikings quite a bit. So I like their over eight and a half uh, for win total, but you're paying more juice on that. So I'm just going to take them to make the playoffs. No, I, I like that for sure. And so I think two things this offseason have actually stuck out to me. There was a great podcast the other day with uh, Charles Robinson and Josh Norris talking about kind of inside nuggets that uh, Charles Robinson has picked up. And one of the biggest ones when he was talking with Sean McVay was that how much he's going to miss Kevin O'Connell, how much of an impact Kevin O'Connell had on the Rams offense and that from his understanding that if, you know, Sean McVay were to retire or, you know, that was kind of in the mix going to Amazon potentially, um, which it, like the likely the reins would have been handed over to Kevin O'Connell with the Rams. So like that's kind of where he stands in the pecking order and like how much autonomy he had. So I think that's big. And then beyond that, too, I had heard early in the offseason, um, you know, from some people connected to the organization that they brought in Kevin O'Connell to, you know, change the entire offense to start, you know, quote, slinging it as much as they can. So, you know, those are two great things for fantasy and scoring. And, uh, you know, I think are positive for the team in general, because obviously Mike Zimmer was not the worst coach in the world, but, you know, I think that his scheme was just old and, you know, tired and with the, given the weapons that they have, you know, they're in a great spot to capitalize on that going forward. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for the Vikings. And I think it could be something early to look for in the prop market. I have, you know, Kirk Cousins passing props marked. Yeah. I have all that, all that good to go. So that, that's a good bet there. Yeah, especially when we're looking at uh, – we're doing some work, too, on you know trying to find scheme advantages, too. Kirk Cousins, over the last 
five years of the league is tremendous against man coverage. So when we're finding teams that play a lot of man, we want to be looking at that even more. For sure. No, that's a good look. Um, all right. I'll go on to my next one here. Uh, I'm going to do the Denver Broncos to score more than 430 points. This is at DraftKings right now um, under team specials. It's a little bit hidden. You know, normally they have kind of like the whole, all the team points together on DraftKings. This year they kind of did it different. They hit it under team specials and then Denver Broncos. I'm sure more books will release it, but I, I think that this is is just like crazy low. So if we look at uh, Russell Wilson's, you know, points per game per season, he essentially needs to average 25 points per game to hit the over on this. In seven out of his 10 years in career in Seattle, they scored more than 25 points per game. Uh, and you have to consider also, too, early in his career, they had a stellar defense. They really didn't need to rack up, you know, points. And then he was kind of held back by a run-heavy approach with uh, Pete Carroll and establishing it for, I mean, what, you know, nine out of 10 seasons, you know, oh, like yeah. of his career, essentially. So now you're looking at in the Broncos where he's working with um, former Packer, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to, you know, literally they are making the offenses together. They're relying on one another. And Hackett has been open about it, that they're relying on Russ. So I expect a ton of play action, a ton of dropbacks here. And, you know, it might hurt the defense a little bit. It might hurt, you know, their, their win-loss column a little bit if they're not controlling the game. But I think that they're smart enough to just put a ton of points on the board and really go for it. So, I mean, I personally would line this closer to like 445, 450, um, just because looking at, you know, the last two seasons, uh, I think it was 15 teams last year had more than this. Uh, I mean, the, the Broncos should comfortably be a top 15 scoring team. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that this is a pretty safe here. And so the over there, I think is a pretty solid look. Yeah, that's a good look. I, I like that nugget that they, that basically that number is kind of middle of the pack. And I think that that's, then itself, you should think, especially too, like we think that there, it could be another thing where we have this year, we're talking about the the way that the games are going to be officiated. There could be more scoring, right? With some of this, you know, um, defensive passing, um, you know, pass interference type stuff, illegal contact things it could lead to more scoring. So yeah, again, right. We're applying that same thing. Like I was talking about with the Vikings, Hackett and the Packers were fourth in pass rate over expectation last year. We've never seen Russ in anything close to that. So and even so, he still led the league in air yards per attempt last year. Like, Russ is still there. I'm not really worried about late season Russ last year and all that happened there. So, yeah, I like that that nugget uh, a little bit more with that. Uh, yeah, so it was actually – so it was last year, 13 teams. And the year before was 15. So, I mean, still, either way, yeah. like it's – you know, I think the fringe top – expecting them to be a fringe top 10 team in scoring is more than a comfortable, comfortable distance there. And also – um, you mentioned Russ before, like late season Russ. Prior to his injury last year, in the first four games, he was sixth in uh, CPOAE uh, EPA composite score, which is a pretty good metric that combines two, you know, completion percentage over expectation and expected points added. So I think that's a pretty good metric to look at, and that's exactly where he's been at for essentially his whole career. So not worried at all. All right, my next one of uh, multiple playoff bets. Um, I'm going to take the, the Titans to not make the playoffs um, that is available at plus 110 on Caesars. Um, I know the AFC is, well, the AFC is loaded. And um, I know we talked about all the time last year, the Titans being the worst number one team of all time. They actually were 20th at the end of the regular season last year in football outsiders DVOA metric. Uh, that is the worst for a number one seed ever. And then things have gotten worse. Um, the offensive line is below average. Um, they have starting roles up for grabs at right guard or sorry, left guard and right tackle. Um, they were 24th in pass block and run block win rate last year. We are on three straight years of Ryan Tannehill 
regressing from a DVOA standpoint in clean pockets. It's actually getting really bad under pressure. Um, again, everyone's bad under pressure or worse under pressure, but Tannehill's is kind of, uh, uh, it's going the same way, even in clean pockets, which isn't great. Um, the AJ Brown trade, as referenced earlier, with, when you know you were talking about the Eagles, that seems to be an early L because, again, Traylon Burks might end up having it. He just doesn't seem to have it yet. Um, they're going to run a lot of two receiver sets so they can figure it out. But um, Derrick Henry's workload was massive last year before he went down, but the efficiency was not. He started to really regress. They saw a lot more stuff boxes. And again, that gets easier to do when Tannehill doesn't have any real weapons that you're worried about and does not have a great offensive line. So again, because I think this division is so or not the division, but really the conference is so much better. I think it's going to be really hard for the Titans to make the playoffs here. I think the defense is going to be strong. Um, they have talent on both sides, or I'm sorry, at all levels. Um, good pass rush, nice secondary. They've added a lot of pieces in the draft over the last couple of years. I think Variable gets the most out of his guys, but I think this is really an uphill climb. And uh, Titans missed the playoffs plus 110. Yeah, I like that at plus money because, I mean, they have to win their division. Like, that's uh, there's there's no way that this conference is a two-playoff team when looking at the rest of the AFC. we got the Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Ravens, Bengals, Colts. And then we have – those are all teams that I would consider front runners for the playoffs. Then you have teams like the Raiders, Dolphins, I mean, Browns to some extent, you know, if, if they are able to rack up a few early wins and Watson comes back and crushes it down the stretch, they'll certainly be in the mix too. So I think like all of those teams are really in the mix to make the playoffs. And so competing on the Titans basically just not to win the division is, is a good look. Yeah, the plus money, I like it quite a bit. What's your next one, buddy? All right, we will go back to a, another long shot here. I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb to lead the league in receptions. Uh, I mean, I think that this number here, you're looking at 17 to one on FanDuel, 15 to one at other spots. I think 15 to one's fine. You obviously get the best number, but you know, I think that wherever you can get it, I think this is a good look because the more that I break it down, the more I just can't stop adding to this. I mean, I don't know what I originally put on it in our Discord or whatever, but I, every time I look at it, I want to add more. Amari Cooper's gone. James Washington already out for the year, injured. Michael Gallup's likely to miss half the season. So you're looking at CD Lamb's target competition being Jalen Tolbert. Uh, Semi Fahoko and Noah Brown. Uh, I mean, basically no target competition. And then beyond that, Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator the past few years, the Cowboys have put up the fifth most pass attempts in the league, which is not necessarily due to their pass rate. Their pass rate's been in the middle of the pack, but their pace has been, you know, rapid top three in pace for each of the past three seasons. So essentially we're looking at a team that's going to be passing a ton and has no competition and CD lamb. I mean, I think can be an alpha. So you're looking at double digit targets every game, uh, for a guy from an efficient quarterback in Dak Prescott that, you know, I, I just, at this point, like 15 to one, 20 to one, 17 to one, like in that range, is just a great sweet spot here. I know Cooper cup is obviously going to rack up a ton of targets. I know that, you know, Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, all good looks. But at the same time, I really think that a guy like CD lamb uh, is able to compete with the best. So 15 to 21 is, is a great look there. Yeah. I didn't hug it, but I tailed it. I got in on uh, a sprinkle a little bit after, um, look here, you can look at our tool on site to get a feel for um, some of the things that are out there. Reception leader, 17 to one. Yeah, so it looks like FanDuel is still the best number in the marketplace. Again, nice value compared to points bet, which is down to 11 to one. So um, again, all you need to do to use this tool is go into the betting tab, find the player prop tool finder, you click in the little inbox. You can type in CD Lamb. You can see there Sal walking us through it, player prop finder. Clicking CD Lamb, you can get basically every CD Lamb market that is out there. 
uh, which is outstanding stuff. This makes life so much easier than having all the tabs and seeing what's moving and what you lost and whatnot. So uh, it's a cheat code for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we see here. Dalton yeah, Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Yeah, for sure. Sure, but like not not really. Like he's definitely a, a you know competition internally for targets. But um, if the – I have questions about the Dallas defense too. So I think that, that there's more reasons for them to be, you know, very pass happy and CeeDee Lamb is is the way to, to go there. So Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at like whatever, 600 pass attempts roughly, uh, I mean, I think they're over 2,000 for the past three years. So, you know, right around there, maybe even a little bit more. Um, you know, what does Schultz have get maybe like 120, 130, you know, kind of in that range of targets. I mean, literally CD Lamb could be in like the you know 180, 200 range potentially. All right. Another playoff bet for me. The New Orleans Saints. Um, to make the playoffs. Saints are gonna make the playoffs plus 125 on DraftKings. I like this number quite a bit. I know the Sean Payton loss is impactful. He's one of the best play callers that we've seen in this era of football. Um, there's continuity here, though. Dennis Allen, longtime defensive coordinator, taking over as head coach. And Pete Carmichael, who has been on staff there, is staying on as the OC. So I think that that helps kind of offset that a little bit. It's still a loss, but it's not really massive. And then it, it's really hard to take anything away from what happened with the Saints last year. Um, they had massive injuries uh, all over the place. Actually, they were second in football outsiders, adjusted games lost due to injury on the offensive side of the ball. They had the least offensive line continuity in the league. Uh, Jameis went down early and we had starts from Ian book uh, and Trevor Simeon at times mixed in there with you know, Taysom Hill getting hurt. So it's just kind of a mess. Now a massive upgrade at receiver with Michael Thomas back, Crystal Lave in the draft, uh, Jarvis Landry, a proven slot commodity. Uh, there's just a, a massive upgrade there as well. And then Alvin Kamara looks like he's going to get away with not get away with what he did, but you know, that will be dealt with in the offseason. Uh, so from a Saints standpoint, from a football standpoint, we can uh, take advantage of 16, 17 games of, of Kamara here. So and defensively, this is one of the best teams in the league. Uh, Allen stays on. They added Marcus May, who's, I think, one of the best. Rough year last year with the Jets, but is a, a really talented, versatile safety. Uh, Honey Badger there as well. The cornerback is really deep and talented. And this was the one of the hardest teams, if not the hardest team, to run on last year. They're going to continue to be a top five unit. If they can avoid cluster injuries like they had last year on both sides of the ball. Like they have the Bucks number in the last couple of years with Tom Brady there. Um, again, similar to the Vikings. I don't think that they win the division per se, but I think that they're a real threat to that top team. And then I like them better than some of the other teams here in the NFC, which is I think is wide open. So Saints plus 125 to make the playoffs. That's an, that's another good one. I think looking at the landscape of the NFC is pretty helpful too here when looking at like playoff locks because the Bucks, Packers, and Rams, I feel pretty good will make the playoffs, you know, be one first or second or, you know, win enough games to make the playoffs regardless. Um, but then we have like the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Vikings, the Saints. You know, it's, I think that group of teams, I mean, after that, it's the Commanders is the next high side. They're not making the playoffs. Um, you know, but then like that grouping there, I think all have a chance to make the playoffs. And, you know, I think you, you've already mentioned on previous shows, you're a little bit more down on the Cardinals. We've mentioned it earlier. We're a little bit more down on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys could certainly still make the playoffs, but, you know, we like the Eagles potentially explode there and make, win the division. And the 49ers are going to be, I mean, all over the place. It's, uh, you know, I, I have no idea what to expect out of Trey Lance. Every report we get is literally that he's thrown two to three interceptions or that, you know, he is just lighting it up and like scrambling around and looks like, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes. So, it's going to be incredible to watch. I'm, I'm stoked. But, uh, you know, in terms of the consistency and win loss, 
I have no idea how it's it might drive people crazy. So range of outcomes for the Niners feels massive. And they had some pretty impactful losses on the defensive side too, which again, I know they have some playmakers there and some names that we like, but like secondary is not very good. DJ Jones was a big loss for them along the off or defensive line. Um, there are definitely concerns with the Niners. I think they're in the mix. I'm kind of with you like Dallas, like, yeah, I think that's probably a playoff team. Would I be shocked that that's a one playoff team division? Cause I definitely think the Eagles are, I'm with you. I think they're the division winners there. Like I, I would not be surprised. So again, the saints I know have a, and I, we know defensive metrics and that's less sticky year to year, but I think this is a great defense. There's a ton of talent here. And then the offensive side, like, I don't know, Jameis being back, there's a massive upgrade in weapons. Even if Michael Thomas is slow to kind of come to, I think Olave and, and you know, Jarvis Landry are, were we talking about Marcus Callaway last year? Deontay Harris? Like, it was not not pretty. So, I, I just kind of like this team. The schedule is pretty nice. Um, yeah, Saints go to the playoffs. Solid, solid. Last one um, for all right. So, yeah, this is my last one here. And I, I had to put it on the board. I mean, you have to have the most – like, you know, this is something that I've been banging the drum for since after the draft, which is Bears under six wins. This is – you know, minus 125 only on Caesars. I was pretty surprised when I saw that. So I looked at our prop tool because I was, you know, trying to find a way to work the Bears into this because, you know, we've, <laughs> I mean, we took under seven in May. We took under five and a half alt wins a month ago at like plus 180 or plus 160. So heavy juice there. Now that's down to like essentially plus 120 at FanDuel uh, at five and a half. And then under six and a half right now on DraftKings is minus 190. I mean, this team right now is just such a disaster and it's not necessarily the fault of their current front office, but they didn't do enough to help. And I think that there's a little bit, there's some issues there because the offensive line right now, it's going to be a bottom five offensive line. Like there's, they've been shuffling things in and out as of a couple of days ago, they still do not have their starting lineup. Um, and you know, Riley reef who they just signed, they announced it's not even starting Larry, Bo Larry Borum is starting uh, over him, which, you know, again, disaster. They have no one talented on their offensive line outside of, you know, maybe Lucas Patrick. Uh, is slightly talented. Um, so they're going to be bottom three. Their pass catchers are a joke. Uh, I mean, Darnell Mooney is a solid, I would say, number two option on a offense, but I'm not sure how well he's going to function as a pure number one. Uh, and outside of that, they traded for Nikhil Harry, who's already injured. They, they got Byron Pringle, who's already injured. Uh, they drafted 25-year-old Vilas Jones, who's, again, was burning 18-year-olds. You know, like, if, if you're in your sixth season and you're finally breaking out, you're just probably not good. So um david Moore. you know i right so you're just giving you're not i like fields don't get me wrong i think that he could be a good player but you're giving him nothing on offense you're giving him nothing and then beyond that luke getsy i have concerns about too you know he was probably what fourth in command third in command in green bay he was the quarterback's coach so you know lafleur hackett rogers and him maybe deciding together i mean like on on what you know he's not calling plays so he's calling plays for the first time uh and then beyond that we got you know the most confirmation bias i've ever gotten all offseason today uh, in reports from the athletics, Kevin Fishbane, who said this offense was horrible and in camp and did not have any big plays and was not able to move the ball like, you know, consistently. And what makes things scarier is this came against the Bears defense, who lost Cleo Mack, lost Eddie Goldman, did not sign Larry Ogunjobi, is starting two rookies in the secondary who were, you know, higher picks. But, you know, again, like second round is not that's not enough to instantly expect an awesome impact there. Uh, so, you know, I think that they're in, in the range for four, five, six wins. Uh, obviously, we got better numbers, but I still like the under six minus 125 at Caesars. Um, to your point here, I would not take the minus 190 on DraftKings. I would rather just if that point, if you really want to take an under, take the plus money on the under five and a half with FanDuel. Um, 
at least that's where I'm at. Uh, I think you're in a similar boat here, Noonan. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to to say good things. Like, you know, I actually really want to like Justin Fields, and I think he's talented. I liked him coming out. Um, I think the skills the skills there are exciting. I think the problem that the Bears are going to find themselves in is that they're going to get to the end of the season and still not know if he's the guy because they're not really giving him uh, an actual shot, both in terms of the offensive line and the pass catching core, as you laid out really well. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of a shame. Like, the defense can be okay. And I think that that is probably the, their best case scenario, but I still don't think that they're going to be enough to be like a, an elevator. I don't think that that's going to be like enough to help them like really win games when it comes down to it, because they're going to have to make enough plays. And yeah, it's great that he's has the ability to scramble and extend plays and create outside the pocket, but um, that can't be, that's just not good for your development to know that you really only have time for your first or maybe your second read. And then it's collapsing. Um, that creates really bad habits for young quarterbacks, even ones as talented as Justin Fields. So yeah, it's going to be frustrating for, for bears fans this season. So I'm with you. I would not lay the juice six and a half, you know, laying massive juice is not necessary. I think you take a stand and you find some plus money at a five and a half or this number at Caesars, I think is probably the best way to go. Yeah. I mean, also too, like these win totals, uh, something that will capper and other smart people have measured, you know, usually they're very volatile. So they go um, like the, the average, uh, you know, variation here is like ends up being two wins. I think it was 2.1 wins over the past few years. So, you know, it's, you're better off taking plus money at five and a half, which I think we both think is probably the right win total because, you know, right now they're actually only favored, I think in two games so far this season, despite playing a super soft strength of schedule. Um, but we've talked about on other shows like week three against the Texans, they're favored against the Texans. Like, I think that they're a worse team on paper than the Texans one-to-one. Um, and if not like neck and neck. So I think that that game, you know, again, like is it's a coin flip. I, I'm not going to say that they're for sure going to lose, but it's a coin flip. And if you guys watch the preseason games, like fields is under pressure nonstop and they are moving the ball sometimes, but it takes like an insane play, you know, like a Mooney one-handed catch or, you know, Tajay Sharp, I think had a couple of nice grabs, but they were always just like, it felt like something that's not sustainable over the course of an entire game. And beyond that too, you got to think about, okay, these are the plays that, you know, they're scripting for this offense. Like they're not just throwing them out there. They're scripting these plays. What happens when he's just got to go out there and just like run a play? I mean, who's getting open? Like, I just don't see it. And I think that the more that I think about it, the more I break down, like, is that sustainable? It's just not. So I'm trying to find as many ways as possible to fade the bears. And, you know, I did throw like 20 bucks on bears, 80 to one to go own 17, just for <laughs> the brand, because why not? You want to have that ticket if it cashes. Uh, of course. Sure. I mean, I, I all the victory laps, and I'll post all the tickets just on one one little little stub there. Yeah. Well, Connor, again, for you in Chicagoland area, will be out uh, locally tonight uh, <laughs> at Oak Park uh, at Kettle Strings if you want to get a feel for, uh, you know, Connor face-to-face and uh, bear down, uh, Connor, if you need to. Well, I will have his back. I will be there as well. Um, bigger than you think, and uh, we'll take you down because the Bears suck. I'm sorry. Sorry. We like fields. We want it to happen, but it's just not happening this year. Um, all right. I didn't want to be boring because you showed me yours beforehand. And I had a bunch of like to make the playoff bets. So I wanted to sprinkle another, a little bit more of a long shot here. Um, it's not really a long shot. He's actually one of the, the favorites in the market um, specifically. And goes back to my first bet. Justin Jefferson, offensive player of the year, 15 to one on FanDuel. Um, this has been over the last couple of years trending to be almost the, basically the best offensive player that's not a quarterback award. 
Um, if you go back a handful of years, you have a bunch of quarterbacks that won, but it's almost like there's this mutually agreed upon deal where the quarterback gets the MVP and the best non-quarterback is the offensive player of the year. We've seen it with Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup, and I think this year is Justin Jefferson for a lot of the reasons we outlined earlier. Uh, he is a tremendous talent who has been, I think, uh, maybe we've got maybe 85% of him the last couple of years. And what you can have done here with a creative offensive mind and an advanced offense is really take the cap off of what this guy can do. And I think he is going to be massively impactful this year. When you look at all the advanced metrics, um, he jumps off the page in yards per route run and, you know, win rate versus man, win rate versus zone, all these things. He is really tremendous. And, uh, you know, I don't think Kirk Cousins is, is terrible. He's probably a slightly better than league average quarterback. And I'm excited to see what he can do. He's not a great fantasy quarterback in the sense that he doesn't run as much. So like, I think sometimes in the, the games that we play, he gets lost in the shuffle. Um, but again, I think that he could take advantage of, of the opportunities this year. And uh, 15 to one is a really nice look. When you look at some of the other guys in the market, you know, Debo at 10 to one, um, Derek Henry, I think is right around there at 10 to one and stuff like that. So yeah, Justin Jefferson, 15 to one offensive player of the year. Oh, I love it. And I, I also took him to break the NFL receiving record. Uh, you know, it's similar price. So I, I think that the better way to play it is offensive player of the year, because you're right. If he breaks the offensive re receiving record, he probably wins it. But I think that there's a slight chance that like Jamar Chase could do it too. And so that's why I also bet. I like Chase. I consider it. It's 30 to one, but I'm on like the T Higgins and Chase are closer than do we think i mean chase is a game breaker for sure and that chase number is not a bad number i think it's 30 on DraftKings. Yeah. i don't know if that's yeah. the best number but that's a nice look too yeah but i i agree though i think that just everything you said there and with as as i mentioned earlier just like the confirmation of the coaching staff specifically being brought in to throw the ball a bunch using him in the cooper cup role like it's it can't get much better um for a guy who's already put up whatever three thousand combined yards in his first two seasons uh just an elite prospect so i'm i'm stoked about him we took him third in our main event draft, uh, $2,000 fantasy draft, took him third overall. Uh, we drew the third pick again in Vegas, by the way. I don't know if you you were privy to that knowledge, but um, we might go Jefferson again. And I don't even – I feel good about it. Like, I'm excited to have him as much exposure as possible. Yeah, I've been – you know, again, you can – it's hard to go completely overweight on a guy super early on the board, but, like, anytime I'm in the mix, like, I'll take him at two in drafts just because I really feel – especially in like PPR drafts. Like I really want to have a lot of this guy this year. And yeah, I think there's a nice little sprinkle to, to get it. So producer Sal, who um, often joins us the prop show in season and had a tremendous hit rate last year, sharing props uh, has one for us to share too. So Sal, the uh, screen is yours. Let's see what Sal's got here. Ooh, Ramondre. We like Ramondre oh. most rushing touchdowns. 80 to one available on points bet and bet MGM. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of anti Ramondre stuff for me. I, I will go anti Pats on you. Um, Cause I think it's going to be a rough year for new England's defense in particular, but um, I think that new England's best bet is to try to run the football quite a bit. The things we're hearing out of new England, we don't hear Belichick go out of his way to say specific praise to players often. And Ramondre is getting a lot of love as far as like his work in, you know, pass blocking and on pass downs. So yeah, I think Ramondre is in a really nice spot this year. So 80 to one is a nice little look. Yeah. Also too. I mean, what did Damian Harris scored 15 touchdowns last year? You know, if, if anything were to happen to him runs a little pure on the goal line, I mean, he yeah. would certainly be next in line for all those carries. So, you know, if Damian ends up being out of the picture somehow, he could certainly, you know, flirt with the top of the board there. 
yeah, right. I mean, contingency bet. It's like if something happens to Damien, that's that market collapses instantaneously, right? So like, oh yeah. You know, sometimes when you're taking long shots, you know, it's not always necessarily about what we know right now. It's just about like what if, and then if what if is is pretty clear where Romandre is, you know, has a massive, massive inside the ten, inside the five workload. So like it. Thanks, Sal. Connor, good stuff, buddy. Um, yeah, likewise. Clean, clean show here. Easy. In and out. Um, I have a article on the site that is free for you. Uh, if you go over to 444.com under our betting tab, you can get uh, thoughts that I have on literally every team in the future market. And again, uh, check out some of the tools over there as well. Again, betting tab. Um, you can go down to the free betting sub and find ways to access it. Again, highly, highly suggest the betting sub at 444, guys. It's going to get you everything that you want on the site. All the premium tools, rankings, DFS, in-season, high stakes, you name it, we got it for you. So uh, Connor and I will be back, um, maybe in a different form, maybe with a different third uh, for a show next week to talk about maybe um, season-long player props. So futures, but maybe in the prop market that are still on the board for you. So check that out. I continue to follow 4 for 4 on Twitter, at 4 for 4 bets as well to get all the betting content. Um, Instagram, YouTube, uh, we're in the TikTok streets hard, so you get your 4 for 4 content everywhere. So uh, for Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all soon.